Hey folks, this is the guy, Chad, and you are listening to a Dogcast Studio podcast. Catch new episodes of the Turnbuckle Report every Wednesday. You can listen to us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podomatic, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Follow our shows on Facebook or Twitter. Stay healed, baby. Welcome, folks, to another episode of the Turn. Welcome, Report. We got all the way from the Wisconsin's. It's college football seasons. The Badger himself, the guy, Chad. What's up? Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, 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 hey. It's been a long time. Uh, I haven't been around. It's been a few weeks. Uh, I'm just glad that we're You've back. Been dead. I'm glad we're back on the mic. Dead. I'm not dead. I'm alive. I'm glad to see you revive. Yeah, I'm glad to see you revive. CPR is a wonderful thing. CPRs. Uh, you know, the hoagies, the linguinis, God bless, it all brought you back to life. I did. A couple of hot dogs, a couple of brats, a Miller Lite down the throat, and I'm breathing again. Hallelujah. Hey, speak, speaking of taking things down the throat, hey, yo. Hey, yo. Uh, you know, I'm glad. We, you know, here's the thing, okay? We've both been off the mic for a little bit, and um, <clears throat> that's how work is sometimes, man. That's how life is. It just kind of stops things. But that's okay, because we're back tonight. We're back. And uh, we've got a lot to cover here. We got a lot of ground to cover here. We're not going to sit and bore anybody with a recap because we've all seen it. We all know what's happened. We all know the surprises. Let's just get right into it, man. AEW is on complete fire right now. Complete fire. They need to call the fire department. They need to get them down to Florida and and, and put these people out because it's crazy. It's crazy what's happening. Does the WWE even exist anymore? Uh, I, I think it does. You know, I was thinking about this today when I was watching SmackDown. I realized that I still do really like WWE. I really do. Mm-hmm. Outside the fact Same. that outside the fact that there's a couple gripes people are having, but they're having to the, about AEW. I mean, they're having to dig deep to find those gripes too. By the way, if if the, if your biggest gripe is the TBS title for the women, like that's you had to go really deep to look for a gripe. Because as far as I'm concerned, I think it's amazing that the women are getting the TBS title. I think that's a, a huge step forward for that division. Um, and yeah, they got two titles. Yeah, yeah. And, and they can split up all that talent because that women's division is just heating up. It's it's starting to heat up in that women's division out in AEW. Uh, a lot of people say that that's the weakest division that AEW has and feels like they really need to step that up. But I feel like I feel like they, they're just getting started, man. I feel like the uh, women's division is, is starting to light their fire and, and fire, starting to find their footing, if you will. Well, you know, I actually like the uh, the the TBS title. I do too. Um, design wise, I I don't th- I don't see anything wrong with the design. I think it's classic looking. It reminds me of the TV title from back in the day. Yeah, you know the one that Arn Anderson held for years. I'll tell you what I like about that title the most is that we knew eventually they've been kind of teasing, which AEW does this really well, but they've been kind of teasing what was going to happen that they were going to come out with a new a new title right for the women. But everybody thought that was going to be a, a tag title. And I was super pumped to see that it wasn't another tag title. Because that's what that's what you expected. The fact that we now have two individual titles. Have we ever seen a women's title that was comparable to like an Intercontinental? Because that, that's really what this title is. That's exactly right. And that's what was exciting for me yeah. about it. Because I can see... They they almost need they've got so much talent on the women's division now and and I'll admit a couple years ago we just celebrated there, there there's a big piece of news we just celebrated two years of AEW Dynamite and uh, <clears throat> you know at one point in the beginning the worst division they had was the women's division it was um, it was it was botch city it was horrible to watch um, I didn't like it I'll be honest I didn't like the Sheeta reign. And it probably wasn't because of Hikaru Shida. It was probably because of who she had. She didn't have much to go against until Britt Baker turns heel and, you know, Serena Deep. And they, they brought in some um, some some players there that, that actually stepped the game up. Yep. So I think it's perfect timing for this. Now they actually have the talent to support a – well, they're still not calling it by weight. It's not a heavyweight title. But they still now have the AEW women's title, uh, just like the AEW men's title. And now they have their intercontinental title. I, I think it's great. And I think it looks awesome too. 
Yeah, I like it too. Now, I, I realize that uh, a lot of people might go to our Facebook page and go, Wait, you guys you guys posted on there you didn't like sets, belt, you guys are lying. No, 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 no. See, sometimes no, Josh. sometimes the, the big dog will get on there and speak for us, and he, he didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I wish he was on the mic tonight because I'd love to hear his side of it because I'm sure he has his reasons. But I'm, I'm going to tell you that sure. when it comes to the guy and the people's host, we're always on the same level, baby. And we just, we Pretty like much, it. Yeah. We like it. That, that Unfortunately, you're not going to get an argument tonight. If you came to the show thinking there was going to be an argument and all you got is this, like, bromance going on tonight, peoples. That's right. I apologize. The bromance is going to have to be a thing uh, for this episode. But here's the thing. Don't don't act like that, that WWE doesn't do the same thing. When the Universal title oh, but was no, on USA, my bro, my bro, my bro, they're getting, they're going to give them King of the Ring status now, my brother. Yeah, that's true. I don't know if no, that's the true. same I mean, as, a, as an individual belt, but I mean, at least now the recognizing of giving the women, you know, Queen of the Ring or whatever they're calling it, uh, mm-hmm. Queen Conqueror or whatever it is. Uh, I'm, I'm sounding insensitive well, but, to it, but, I'm, but I don't I've mean seen, to. I forgot the I, name. I've seen some, I've seen some coverage. I've seen some, some social media bullshit that has criticized. That, you know, they have the TNT title, they have now the TBS title, that they're placating a little too much, um, which I think is all bullshit. Like, if TBS, if the Superstation was paying for the Turnbuckle Report, then I would change some shit too because I'd be pretty fucking thankful, right? Yep. But that's not the case. The, the case is WWE did the same thing. Instead of putting that logo, that, that Fox logo on the title... They changed the universal title from red to blue yep. to represent the the, the brands, um, and, and then vice versa. When it was on USA, it was red. So I don't know. I, I just think I think some of these arguments that we hear online are fucking skin deep, and that's that's one of the reasons I hate social media. Sometimes is is anybody can have an opinion, and and they think they think because they have a a free Twitter or a free Facebook account that they have some kind of fucking opinion that matters. And it just annoys the shit out of me. Well, I mean, in some in some respect, I, I get some of these these uh, younger fans who were not around to understand the territory days when you had all these these sure. TV titles and, and uh, regional titles because there was their Midwest Championship and the Northeastern Championship, things like that. So I, I get the younger generation may not understand that, but when I see that TBS title and I think back to the days when WCW was just starting and was on TBS and you had Saturday Night Thunder and all that stuff. It just mm-hmm. seeing that title was actually kind of cool, man, because it kind of brought me back to that time just when I was a youngster and I was watching wrestling when it was WCW. I loved it. And then the fact that the women's division was going to be the one defending that, I was like, man, that is that is some big time right there. But a lot of these younger fans don't get that. They weren't around for that. They don't understand it. So they see this title. They just think it is, is comparable to the McDonald's title or the Burger King title. Mm-hmm. I, I understand their side yeah. of it. If you if you weren't around for that, you didn't you didn't see that, you weren't alive to to experience the the territory days or the early WCW days. I understand you then. Then I understand seeing a title like that might mean it looks like shit. But to us older guys almost pushing, you know, forties, we, we kinda remember that time. So for us that TBS title mm-hmm. is is a big deal. At least it is for me. It's cool. It's legit. Yeah. Yeah. Because now you have an opportunity to see a title match if they use it right. You have an opportunity to see a, a legit title match um, every week yeah. on, on free TV. You, you don't have to wait for the pay-per-view. That's what it really means. Sticking to the theme of female wrestling, uh, WWE, man, they're not in short supply. Believe that. On Monday Night Raw, we saw Bianca Belair defeat uh, the the Raw Women's Champion, Charlotte Flair, mm-hmm. hoo by a disqualification. And, and there's a lot of there's a little bit of controversy behind this because you have the four horsewomen that are at the the front of the 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 realm again, right? I mean, give the exception of Bailey. You got him at the front of the realm again, and I'll tell you right now. Bianca Belair, if if this was 1986, Bianca Belair is the new Dusty Rhodes and uh he's going up against she's going up against the four horsewomen. Would you agree? I do agree. And and actually, uh Bailey is currently under the umbrella of uh free agency. Meaning she can go and do whatever she wants. I wouldn't be surprised if now Bailey starts, you know, interfering with the Raw Championship and the SmackDown Championship, which deals with the Four Horsemen. Um, somehow getting her intertwined in all that as well, which happens to be that Bianca's in her way. Now you got all four of the originals right after Bianca. I could see that. 
Uh, it just means that what are they really doing with Bailey, right? Are they going to have her intervene or not? I, I don't know. The free agency thing kind of makes you a wild card. You can pretty much go and do whatever you want. And, and I feel like WWE's tried this free agency shit in the past, and it never really worked out, and they ended up putting that wrestler on a show and kept him to that show. I, I'm kind of curious to see how they do this free agency thing again, albeit with it now Bailey. Uh, you know, she's, she had a lot of heel heat going there for a while and she's been put on ice. So I don't know if she's still got that, that kind of push or that power from the crowd even to, to continue to vault her in, to mix her into this story. I don't know. I feel like this is more Bianca, uh, Charlotte, mm-hmm. Sasha, and, uh, uh, I don't want to see any, why, why can't I think her name? Cause every, now I, I can only see Becky her Lynch. Conor Becky McGregor Lynch. now is all I can ever think anymore. Be- um, yeah, Becky, Lynch. Becky Lynch, the yep. man, Becky Lynch. The man, that's right. No, and I love this. You just mentioned it right there, and I, I put that over on this show before. As soon as she came out with it, I love the the uh, the Conor McGregor look. And by the way, uh, Turnbuckle Report is the only one talking about that. We're the we're the only show wrestling show uh, that's talking about and has deemed her as this as a Conor McGregor heel, which she clearly is. And, and I say that because it makes sense to me. I feel like everybody I've talked wrestling with, especially. Uh, WWE wrestling, um, you know, Becky Lynch. <clears throat> I've mentioned that, man, she reminds me of Conor McGregor. And and everybody I've talked to about that is like, oh, yeah, uh, shit. Yeah, I kind of see that. I kind of see that. So it surprises me, really, that like guys like Busted Open haven't caught on to that because they've been, especially the Busted Open guys, uh, you go back prior to uh, Becky Lynch, you know, taking on, taking her time off to have her baby and, her, and build the, build her family with, with Seth. Um they were very critical of her, and, and we were too to a certain extent. But they were really critical of her as far as um, what kind of heel she was trying to be. You know, she was trying to be a Stone Cold type of heel, and then she melded into this rock type of heel. And yeah, they're really critical of it. But she left and came back and realized that she's not rock. She's not Stone Cold, even though she uses you know some of those moves. Uh, the rock bottom is what I mean. Um, she's a Conor McGregor, and she's she's she pulls it off, man. She's believable. She's very believable in that role, and I'm just I'm happy I'm happy to see the four horsewomen involved. I never get tired of it. There's some smart marks out there that, that think, oh, well, here we go again. Fuck that. I never once growing up, and and I know your guy was the Rock growing up, but I'll tell you right now, I never once thought, man, I sure am getting just too much Bret Hart right now. I never once thought that shit. I popped every time he came out. I guarantee you were that kid that thought, man, or didn't think, oh, man, I sure am getting tired of this rock gimmick. Why do they keep going back to that? Now, come on. When something's good, you fucking stick to it. Absolutely. I, I can't honestly ever remember thinking, oh, shit, man. this The rock is just doing the rock shit again. Oh, God, here we go. Like, I pop for it every time. No, exactly. You expected it. And then when you got it, you were satisfied. You moved on with your night. You can go on and call your friends later and be like, hey, man, did you see what The Rock did on TV tonight? It was crazy. Like, we all had that with during that time. I know for me, the other wrestler that I always, you just, you just kind of expected it. When you got it, you were super satisfied with it. And uh, for me, that was on the WCW side. Uh, whenever Diamond Dallas Page would come out and do the Diamond Cutter, you expected yeah. it. Yeah. You didn't expect anything different. You got it every Monday night on Nitro. You were happy. You moved on with the rest of your night. Now, speaking of WCW, you can still tune into Raw and see uh, Goldberg's old broken ass apparently walking around like he, saying he's going to kill people. Uh, been watching <laughs> wrestling a long time. And I know you have too, my friend. Yeah. And you That's bring like this up the golden time. rule. That's the golden rule. You do not cut a promo and say that you're going to kill your opponent because it's fucking stupid. Nobody is going to kill anybody. The curtain is pulled back way too far, and somebody at the status of a Goldberg should know, no matter if the angle is, you hurt my son, or I don't even think you fucking hurt him. That's what your kid gets for jumping up over the guardrail, first of all. Right. But, oh, you hurt my son, so now I'm literally going to kill you. Yeah, teach your son to have some manners. Teach that man to be a real man. Don't teach him to be a pussy and jump guardrails. No, you don't jump guardrails or you, or you get what's coming to you. The boys are going to handle you. Yeah, That's if I jumped a guardrail happen. at WC, or not WCW, if I jumped a guardrail at Raw, they'd have my ass in the ground so fast. 
And my dad wouldn't be coming around trying to help me out. My dad would be at home and be like, that fucker got what he deserved. Well, I would be proud of your dad because that means he actually took a Monday night and watched wrestling to see his son get his ass kicked. So that, that, that would be growth. That, that would be growth, my friend. That's I would progress. be very happy about That's that. That's progress. That's progress. <laughs> Instead of, uh, you still watching those grown men in their underwear, huh? It's you guys still talk about that, huh? I thought you guys grew up by now. You, you guys are still uh, weekly talking about that, huh? Yeah, yeah, you couple of queers. Uh, I wish you guys would get uh, real fucking jobs and do real fucking man things. <laughs> but okay so have you bought into this this one more attempt of get of shoving goldberg down our throats and making a legitimate run goldberg was over in 1996 he needs to stay over in 1996 we're in 2021 now we've had all the goldberg we've ever needed in our lifetime it's time for that dude to start uh, kicking beers back with Stone Cold and getting on his podcast, talking weekly, and not get, actually getting in the ring anymore. At least Stone Cold understands where he needs to be and what his role is now. And Goldberg just hasn't quite figured it out yet. And, and let's and let's let's say apples are apples in this case. Goldberg was supposed to be the next Stone Cold Steve Austin, and that's the only reason why I'm referencing him is because if if Goldberg is meant to be like Steve Austin, he needs to do the Steve Austin thing and kind of stay out of the ring. And just talk about your old days, man. Talk about the good old days. But don't don't try to live your good old days in 2021, man. Nobody wants to see it anymore. End a rant. End a rant. Well, it's just never gonna happen because you're not you're not stone cold. Um because Stone Cold actually could do anything in the ring. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he was he was legit. Yep. Anyway, I'm sick and tired of it. And and I guess I guess it's the fact that I can see through this that that just it, I can't buy into it, you know. And and some people really can. Some people can sit back and they're just they're like, oh man, this is great. Bobby Lashley's awesome. These two guys are titans. Goldberg, I'll give Goldberg one thing: he still looks amazing. The guys cut up. Uh, you know, oh man, it's gonna be great yeah, seeing these guys well. go at it. He's aged real well. The problem that I have is I know for a fact. Come on. Anybody, a fucking Stevie Wonder can see this. The only reason this match is happening is because Bobby Lashley was not happy with the match they had in uh, SummerSlam. You know that. You know that's the only reason they're having this match. Because it was a fucking shit show, first of all. Mm-hmm. Goldberg's old ass couldn't keep up. He got injured or, or whatever, tweaked. I don't even know what the fuck happened to him. He didn't take his Bengay or something. I don't know. <laughs> and now, now there you know Bobby Lashley because for all you smart marks that are just wondering how I fucking figured this out, watch content on the network or on Peacock, whatever the fuck. And if you watch the interview that Bobby Lashley had with Stone Cold, the only reason Goldberg's involved right now is because that was a bucket list thing for Bobby Lashley. And when you are the WWE champion, you get what you want. Exactly. Period. He's not happy with the match they had, folks. So now we have to endure, cross our fingers, take a lap around the the rosary, and hope God's listening that please give us another match that we can stomach our th- our way through. But the joke's on all of us as wrestling fans. Goldberg hasn't had a good fucking match in 10 years. But on the other side, period. on the on the AEW side, so you got a couple of AEW marks on the mic tonight. Sorry, we're going to talk AEW. Um, I'm wearing my brand new AEW hat and my brand new Brian Danielson shirt. Exactly. Which, uh, by the way. That's our segue. I have, I have wore my Brian Danielson shirt more at this point than I believe he has as well. And and, and 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 the people got what they want. They got in a match between Kenny Omega and Daniel Bryanson, and that match did not disappoint. Because we haven't been on the mic God, for a couple weeks, and we good. didn't get to talk about Grand Slam. But I thought I wanted to take the we opportunity didn't. to at least talk about that match. And that match yeah. was fucking fire. Amazing match. Loved every minute of that match. It was, it was everything I wanted it to be. There wasn't one moment... Chadwick, the guy, Rampton. Rampton. There wasn't one moment that I didn't like that match. Yeah. It was perfection. That was the most perfect match I have ever seen. Period. 
And I wish Josh was on here because I know he'd be laughing, spitting up whatever you know meal pasta meal he's eating right now. <laughs> he would be spitting it at the microphone, laughing at me. But I am. That's the God's honest truth. That is the greatest match I believe I've ever seen. It was period. almost and, and here for a while I was almost going to say the uh, Lucha Brothers versus the uh, Young Bucks match that I watched at uh, um, AEW's pay per view. Phenomenal, phenomenal match. I thought that was the that mo- was the most athletic. Yeah. I thought that was the best match I've ever seen, but then here we come with Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega, and those two fuckers put that on display for the whole world to see uh, on a on a free for view on a fucking Wednesday night, and they put that shit out there, and I'm thinking, God, these motherfuckers put this on dynamite instead of putting it on a on a on a Saturday night Sunday night pay per view. You guys did this. Yeah. The fact that they left it with no winner, that it was a it was a TV time ending Loved draw. It. I was like, yes, that's what you needed to do because you don't want to put a winner on TV. The winner needs to happen on pay-per-view. Period. We don't hey, need a winner. Hey, can tonight. I point out that can I point out that that when AEW Dynamite uh when they were created on on their first Wednesday night, uh if you go back to that episode, and I'm sorry, I don't know the I don't know the date right now, but folks, if you if you go back fan turnbuckle fans and you listen to our show, one of the biggest things we put over on that first AEW Dynamite TBR show was that they had a time limit draw because we haven't seen that in so long. And the psychology of what that draw does is perfect. Now, here's where Tony Khan and the AEW uh, uh, thinkers, here's where they really figured this out is we put we planted the seed. AEW has only went to draw twice. One was with Kenny Omega and John Moxley. And the other one was with Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega. There is a common denominator there, folks. Both matches were perfect, and it was a perfect ending. You, we were all three texting right when that uh, when that match ended, and and uh, it was basically what did you guys think? Because we're all watching, right? We're all watching, mm-hmm. and I, I can't remember. Um, I'd have to look back. I don't know. If Josh liked it or not, I, I I can't remember if there was even conversation. I, the poor guy's been working a lot. I get it, um, but I, I remember you and I were just like, "Hell yes, that is exactly how you're supposed to handle that situation." Because I was nervous, right? I was nervous that we're selling this a little too early, guys. You don't it because the legitimacy of of Brian Danielson going against the champion not a month after you know showing up in AEW. Well, they, they they knocked that one out of the way. They said, well, you know, don't worry. We're not going to give him a title match. And Brian Danielson come out and said, yeah, yeah, I don't want a title match. I just want to kick your ass. Perfect match. Perfect match. That's the There's way nothing it else to be. that can be said other than a per- complete perfection. So my beautiful wife sends me a text message today. Um, sweet as pie because uh, I got a migraine today. So I'm down in my basement trying to just chill out, watch TV, not feeling too hot. And she sends me this text, and she shows me this image that Kenny Omega had on his uh, Twitter uh, for the longest time. And it was the original, uh, like, banner that he used when AEW first started back in 2019. The banner showed Chris Jericho first, John Moxley second, Kenny Omega third, and Adam Hangman Page last. What the image showed was is that... It was the order in which all the champions in AEW were going to be. It's like they had this long plan of having having known exactly the four first four champions they wanted in AEW. So if, if that isn't long term planning, I don't know. I don't know what is. That's insane. If that's true, right now it's more of a so conspiracy. Are you predicting that Adam Hangman Page is our next champion, that, right? And, that and we're finally going to have a baby face champion. So and the point of the story is, and I'm and I'm getting to that was is that having Brian Danielson come in as just wanting to kick Kenny's ass was perfect because a lot of people are over yeah, on Adam Page. And the fact that Adam Page came back as the Joker for one of those, you know, um, Sonic Ring Huge matches to, to become... Huge pop. Yeah, I mean, they th- people are ready to see Adam Son- Page. <laughs> I just caught that. You just said Sonic Ring. I love that. Well, they were using poker chips this time, it. but I, I st- yep. everybody still calls it the Sonic Ring, so I still bring it up. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and... He comes out, he wins it, and he's right back at number one contender. I'm like, I love that. I love that. And they put that whole Dark Order shit on ice so he doesn't have that Dark Order shit, you know, following him around. That makes him as the individual wrestler coming in for Kenny Owens. I love it. I love what they've done here. Uh, and that gave CM Punk, 
Brian Danielson, all these guys that just came in to shine a little bit, Adam Cole, so they didn't have to go right into Adam Page being the next champion. The way AEW has handled that, at first I was pissed. You know I was pissed off about the fact that um, Adam yeah. Page lost, and then he, he went on. they put him on ice. You know I wasn't happy about that. I was ready for an Adam Page title run. But now it's the aftermath. Well, the thing is, the kayfabe, if I can stop you for a second, the, the kayfabe was, and we talked about on this show, is was he hurt or was it uh, contract negotiation? You know, was it a contract issue? It, it was his was wife com- being was, pregnant. Uh, he was just, I guess the there stipulation was, conversation. was that. Was that his wife was pregnant okay. and he was well, home with his pregnant wife makes taking sense. care of her. Now, Good for him. God bless. Yeah, good for him. Now, I'm glad he didn't show up in a, in a WWE ring. No, I mean, and, and that was, was the other rumor was that now. he was going to be on NXT as the next NXT champion. I'm glad. I, uh, now that the dust has settled, I think the way AEW handled everything and still is going to give Adam Page the shine, a little of the rub. My God, man. How can, you, how can anybody mm-hmm. not see how well, even though the story doesn't make sense at first, even though the story might piss you off just a little bit in the beginning, if you just let that shit play out for a little bit, AUW is fucking killing it with long stories right now. You know, the, the end and finish of stories in AEW are just fucking fire, fire. I know even I got caught up in the AEW storytelling wheel where I was just getting a little pissed off about how things were going. Mm-hmm. And then as things continue yeah. to develop, you're like, oh, 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 okay, now I see what you're doing. Like, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. The only thing that I feel a little bad about AEW for, and I don't, I don't mean to segue too early if you weren't ready for this, is Cody uh, getting booze. And especially now that he's got roads to the top coming out on, on, on right on after Dynamite, he's getting booze. And he, Four and episodes in, yeah. And he says he does not want to be a heel in AEW. He will continue to be a face with the booze. It almost makes you wonder if, like, AEW was, didn't expect that, though. Like, that was one thing during all their planning and this long storytelling that they're doing. They didn't expect that to happen. So I want to present. The, I didn't expect it. I want to present the question to you: Is this an opportunity for Cody to say, "You know what? I'm gonna swallow my pride. Go ahead and go heel, and go back with the boys. Get back with the elite." Or does Cody just keep doing what he's doing? I think Cody needs to go away for a little while. I don't want to see him as a uh, heel. I'm not ready for that. Um, if he's gonna do anything, I think he needs to stay the course, like he said, because I don't want to see him as a heel. But the uh, the booze threw me off too. I, I I was boggled by that. I I think it's because people don't view him as um, a John Moxley type of babyface. You know what I'm saying? They they don't view him that way. And the fact that he tried to come through the crowd, it was kind of you know maybe people in, you know interpreted that as you're trying to kind of you know do what Moxley does. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm I don't know what the psychology is to it. But when I started hearing those boos, it threw me off. I'm like, whoa, hang on a second. That Why are they booing him? Like, how did everybody, how did 15,000 people in that arena just decide, yeah, we're going to fucking hate him now? I, I don't get it. I don't know why. Um, maybe there's been a little force feeding there. Because as you mentioned, the roads to the top came on. And I've been watching it. It's a great show. Way better than Miz and Mrs., those fucks. Um but you know, Cody Rhodes ta- has been talking a lot about in the in the show so far. You know, it's double or nothing time, and he talked a lot about the Anthony Agogo match he had, um, which I thought you thought I think we all did on this show that it was a complete shit show. The whole Anthony Agogo thing, which has basically been confirmed on on Rhodes to the top. It may be time the guy steps back a little bit and makes us want it a little more. The problem, and I know I'm going a long way around this here, but I don't want to see him a heel because we have good, viable heels already. And the last switch we saw was Jericho go from heel to face. It made sense. Everybody bought it. If you have Cody Rhodes turn face to heel right now because he didn't get the reaction he wanted, it's not going to be legitimate. I, I don't see it. Unless he becomes a heel like an MJF where he's going to come out and and cuss at the crowd and and tell other wrestlers that they're, you know, your your grandpa or your your uncle was a piece of shit drug addict and and uh your mom's a whore and you know all this shit that MJF is getting by with. Nobody's going to believe if Cody does that. It's not going to work. So if he's going to do anything other than be babyface, take some time off. Do we want another MJF Cody feud to help get Cody back on nope. the face side cuz I'll tell nope. you right now, 
I don't. But the only reason I present that nope, is because I don't. I don't think the fans are still going to not boo Cody if he faced MJF. MJF might find himself having fans rooting for him if he's going against Cody Rhodes. The only thing that I can decipher as to why this is happening is fans feel like whoever Cody wrestles, he buries him. And it was because of the Anthony Agogo match. Anthony Agogo was supposed mm-hmm. to be a guy coming into AEW to be part of the AEW roster and hasn't been since that match. And a lot of people are speculating this because Cody buried him out the gate. But the truth of the matter is he hasn't, he took the L against Malachi black. He's taken the L against mm-hmm. uh, John Huber, uh, the, the dark order, the exalted one, Brody Lee. Mm-hmm. He's taken L's. This mm-hmm. guy isn't burying wrestlers. The Anthony Agogo thing was no. something passionate for him about being called the American dream. Cody Rhodes after his father, he was trying to be passionate about about the match, and he was trying to put too much emotion into it. And unfortunately, it went south. It went the it went the opposite direction, and that's on Cody. But he he wasn't setting out to bury anybody. It just kind of it just kind of happened that way, unfortunately. And Anthony Gogo, I'm sure he'll be back and he'll get his chance again. I'm sure it'll be fine. Well, I'll tell you why I didn't buy into the Anthony Gogo stuff because. About that time last year, double or nothing time, they brought Mike Tyson back for a little tease. It never turned into anything. It never turned into a match, which I don't, I didn't want it to turn into a match, right? But it never turned into anything. And when you bring somebody from the boxing world, somebody from the UFC world, after Mike Tyson makes an appearance and legitimizes AEW, after... Shaquille O'Neal not only makes an appearance, but has a great match with Cody. Those are huge names. And if you're not, a, if you're just a casual boxing fan, you're not going to know who Anthony Gogo is. It's like they had to bring somebody in like a Tyson Fury, you know, or a Dante Wilder. They had to bring somebody in at that level to make that work. But no, you brought in an Anthony Gogo. You build him as somebody coming into the wrestling world and and was just going to come in, kick Cody's ass, and go back to his world. Now, I don't remember those episodes ever billing him as he's going to be a long-term fix. Anthony Agogo is here to stay. But now when you watch the, the Road to the Top show, that was that was Cody's mindset the whole time is Anthony Agogo is going to be here to stay. Well, that's that's fine if that's what you wanted to sign him to. But you should let people know that that's the goal. Because if you're bringing him in as a flash of a pan, or flash in the pan rather, you're not you're not going to engage me on that because I don't care about Anthony Agogo. And I'm, I'm sorry, but that match wasn't that good. Cody put it over to the moon because he was in the match and it was emotional for him, but it was not that good. No, and unfortunately that's where the booze started. And so even if he wrestled some guy like MJF, MJF is going to get cheers where MJF should never be getting cheered. MJF is the most heelish heel of all heels. And he might actually get cheers. Uh, because M- at least everybody knows where MJF stands. Right now with Cody, nobody really fucking knows. And that's unfortunate. Because I'm going to tell you folks, I'm a huge Cody Rhodes fan. You'll never find me booing him. Ever. If I go to an AEW no, event, I-, I will be cheering for this man. No, and I agree. I... um. I don't want to come across that I I'm I would boo him or that I'm I'm bitter with Cody at all. It's just if if those are my options, I don't want him to be a heel. So it's either you stay the course and figure you know figure this shit out, or you take some time off and make the fans want you to come back. Because Cody Rhodes is one of the greatest wrestlers of his era. Absolutely, we're gonna miss him when he's gone. I mean, I'm sorry, folks, if you don't like him. That's too fucking bad because you're going to miss him when he's gone. He's one of those guys. As, as we've learned as we get older, your favorite wrestler doesn't wrestle forever. Age eventually does catch up to us all. So you might as well appreciate him while they're still young and out there and getting it done. And somebody like Cody Rhodes isn't going to be around forever. And it's going to be it's going to be one of these days that come around You're gonna and he's not going to be wrestling anymore. And everybody's going to be like, man, I really miss Cody. I really wish he was out there. I know because I still do it with The Rock. I still do it. I've been doing it for years. Sure. Hell, 10 sure. years ago, 15 years ago, I was saying that. Man, I miss The Rock. I wish The Rock was here. I, everybody does that with their favorite wrestling when they move on, and Cody will be no different. And that's why I don't boo him. 
I want to circle back to Adam Hangman Page because I think that uh, you know him coming back is huge for AEW, um, and him getting that pop. That crowd pop, you know, they instantly start screaming cowboy shit, uh, which you know TNT, thank you for not uh, editing out the naughty bad word because it's a cheap trick that USA does. Um, I like that, man, people missed him and they expressed that appreciation, you know, not only when he showed up, but when he won the damn thing, you know, when he, when he made heads or tails of that. And and let's face it, he, he had to beat some pretty big names to win that match. It doesn't get much bigger than John Moxley. And I would venture to say, not just an AEW, John Moxley is a universal name right now that, um, has totally buried Dean Ambrose, and now you only know him as John Moxley. We've talked about that on this show. Mm-hmm. So you have Adam Hangman Page that that has it beat the probably the biggest name in AEW, um, and, and he's on top of the world right now. You know he's going to be the champion. I really hope your little poster is a premonition because I'd love to see Adam Hangman Page as your babyface champion, and then have True. a good run. I mean, true baby face because John I mean, Moxley wasn't a true baby face. No, he was heel, he was he was character face, uh, and see a, tr- a legitimate heel or I'm sorry, baby face run with that championship, and not right away, but maybe build to a pay per view, an angle with MJF, because I would venture to say you can tell me if I'm wrong. The most over baby face in AEW at this moment, as of last week is Adam Hangman Page. And by far, the most overheel in the business is MJF. But you know what? I wouldn't mind an Adam Cole versus Adam Page match. You know, ex, ex-all elite guys. And that's what I'm saying is going at it. it's a long run. So, yeah. you know, you, it doesn't have to be one. It's not It's not the WWE mold where, okay, you're going to have one good run and, uh, and then we're going to take the belt off you. No, no, no. You, you let this thing breathe a little bit. You let him. You let him work some angles with some people, but have a huge payoff. Maybe at next year's double or nothing, uh, with an MJF. And absolutely, I think it'd be huge. And what's huge about that is they're AEW homegrown guys. They're not. They're not. You know. And I. I don't put a whole lot of stock into. Oh well, you know Brian Danielson's ex WWE. Well, I don't give a fuck. You got to be ex something, right? I mean, he's a veteran. How about that? He's a veteran that came over. But the fact that you would have two legitimate AEW guys since the insurrection of AEW uh, now fighting on a grand stage stage for that title, I think that makes that title extremely legitimate. And it shows the strength of AEW right now. Man, I couldn't agree more. And and the other thing the other thing that pumps me up about this match is that you it's it's long storytelling. We, this this mm-hmm. goes back from when uh, Adam Page decided that he didn't want to be part of the Elite anymore to uh, he and Kenny Omega being tag team champions. You can just see how the story's unfolded. And now that Adam Cole's back, and it's just all of them being together is just going to be insane. And, and the fact that now he's on the other side of the fence going against his old bandmates, I mean, that's this is good shit, man. This is... Good shit. Good storytelling. <laughs> uh, That's some good shit. That is some some real good shit. Uh, the other the other thing is uh, on that. Um, you go on the WWE side, and we go from real good shit to why the fuck mm-hmm. is Seth Rollins uh, breaking into Edge's house? Why are we still running fucking promos like that? Like, am I supposed to believe that Seth Rollins is really in Edge's house? I thought kayfabe was dead enough that we understood. We don't have to do that shit anymore. Like, I, I don't understand that kind of storytelling. Do you still get behind that kind of storytelling? Is it is it not bothering you? No, no. I well, no, it doesn't bother me because I took the advice of a one bully Ray from Busted Open and realized that I need to start looking. I need to start watching WWE product, specifically Raw. Um, I need to watch it through a different set of eyes. I need to look at it through a different lens. And, and picture it as if I was uh, a young child. You know, I was a young kid, maybe from the ages of 8 to 13. I don't know. Um, and see if I appreciate it then. And that's how I see it. 
they're catering to the kids. I mean, we've said it over and over and over. That kind of storyline works for the kids. It suspends their belief. It's very believable to them. I just, it doesn't surprise me. Do I get behind it? That was your original question. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I I I don't. I'm not going to get behind Seth Rollins until he um, until he works for a different company. And I don't. I don't. Oh, I'm glad you said that because I I said I thought that when I was watching SmackDown. I literally thought I yeah. I that was the exact thought. I thought he is outworked WWE. He's no longer relevant yep. as a face, a heel. He has no purpose in yep. this company anymore. None. And they got him going against Edge you know, to try to keep something going. And I'm like, the shit ain't working, guys. It's not working. And here's where I here's why I say that is <clears throat> to you know, obviously what you said there, very prophetic. Makes a lot of sense. You're a smart guy, God bless. The fact that Brian Danielson was in WrestleMania, the most recent WrestleMania, 37 to be exact, okay? This last spring. And now he's with AEW. Back in WrestleMania, he had a great match with Roman Reigns, right? Mm-hmm. But he got buried. He literally got buried. He got stacked up and buried. Um, the character was hokey after WrestleMania, uh, Daniel Bryan was goofy was childish he wasn't childish but his direction right his direction was goofy and childish he almost came off as whiny at times I know what you know what I'm saying now the minute he gets back he gets into AEW I mean the second he's there he seems like a badass to me maybe because I'm a complete AEW mark it might be it might be I don't know could be but the minute he gets there, it's just because I know I'm getting ready to see the adult version of of Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, whatever I'm supposed to call him. Remember, folks, that's why I bought the T-shirt so I can remember his name. I haven't worn it enough; it's not working yet. I'll get there. Brian Danielson. I, you gotta, th- you gotta, right. you gotta hear Jr. in your head. It, it helps me if I hear if I hear Jr. saying his name, I can immediately remember Brian Danielson just because of the way he does. He's like Daniel Bryan. <laughs> I love JR. I love him so much. Uh, hands down, folks, just so you know this, if there was one person on the bucket list, on the wrestling bucket list I could sit and have a drink with, uh, it would be JR. It wouldn't be Ric Flair. It wouldn't be Bret Hart. It would be JR. Uh, just to put that out there so everybody knows where we stand with JR. Um, so, yeah, Brian Danielson shows up and he legitimately looks like a badass. And I know that I'm going to get the best version of him, I'm going to get the adult version of him. I would like to see that with Seth Rollins because Seth Rollins could he could be the best worker in WWE. He could be the best wrestler, the most technical, the most sound. It's very possible. It's very possible he could be the best. I don't know off the top of my head who's better than him right now. If we're being quite if we're being frank about this. So I would really like but he's so goofy. I mean, he's got he, his get up which I don't mind it, but he looks like a fucking pirate, and it just weirds me out a little bit. He seems whiny. He has that obnoxious laugh. I know that he's trying to be a heel, but he's trying to be a WWE heel, and that's what WWE heels do. Watch Descendants. I'm not even kidding you. My my daughter, beautiful little girl, has this Descendants show on like replay constantly. I hate that damn it's show. killing me over here. I hate that damn show. And when I see those, those heel pirate characters in descendants dancing around and like having tickle fights to beat each other up. <laughs> that's, that's what I see Seth Rollins doing. It's not, it, it doesn't entertain me, but I know that if Seth Rollins showed up on a Wednesday night or a Friday night rampage and he was wearing the leather jacket, he kicked off the, 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 you know, Oh PF dude, flyers. I know who he is. I know who Seth Rollins is. It, it, have you ever watched Zombies with your daughters or Zombies 2? Zombies 2 specifically. Oh, yeah. yep. If you've watched yep, these little Disney-like yep. Descendants zombies, like that's that's what you get out of Disney. Is it Disney product? And we're calling WWE a Disney product at this point. This is the this this is the Disney era. Yeah. Yep. And and the 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 kid who's trying to be a uh, a cheerleader, a male cheerleader, is like the bad guy yep. of the versus the zombies versus him. That's who Seth Rollins is. Seth Rollins is the cheerleader kid from uh, 
zombies too. It, the way he's trying, he's trying too hard to be a bad guy, but it comes off so fucking goofy, it's not believable, and you just all like, oh, it's just him. He's just a fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah. No, you're you're not off. You're not off base. Uh, his wife is more of a badass at this point than Seth Rollins. Because she's the man. She's the man. She's the man, man. I, I just, I'm not over on him, and uh, you know, we, I, I did not know we would spend this much talk, time talking about Seth Rollins, but you must have hit a nerve in me here because that's exactly how I feel about. He needs it. to go to AEW. You're not and be Seth Rollins. You see, or whatever character Colby or whatever the fuck he goes by. When you see the Shield, okay. Those guys were legitimate. Oh, they were badass and together. They were badasses. Yeah. It was a great faction. It could have been the best faction um, since the times of, of DX and NWL. <clears throat> and I don't think that's a stretch, by the way. I think that I think that's really um, a legitimate state uh, statement to, to where, you know, the, the tickets they sold, the merchandise they sold, yada, yada, yada. It's the only time I like Roman Reigns, too, is when... When you look at that shield. faction... You had Roman Reigns as the bruiser. He was going to come in and just kick your ass. You had Seth Rollins as the technician in the ring. And you had uh, um, Dean Ambrose. (laughs) Yep, I I know. It was tough for me to say Dean Ambrose right there. You had him come in, and he was that hardcore, um, uh, uh, what do I say, loose cannon. Yeah, he was was unhinged fringe. There Whatever you go. The fuck yeah. they were calling him at the time. Yeah. So it all made sense to me, and it was good. It was good business. It was it was good wrestling. I really enjoyed it. But when you broke those guys up, and now there's still those characters, give the exception of Roman Reigns. Um, Roman Reigns is the only one that has become an adult. I, I mean, you see what I'm saying? In WWE, Roman Reigns is the only one that grew up to be an adult, character wise. Yeah, because Roman Reigns does things, and he makes he makes heel comments uh, with with uh, violence and sexual innuendo. He's the one that grew up. Seth Rollins is still a great technician, but his character never grew up. His character's still juvenile, and we see we saw what happened to Dean Ambrose. He had to leave, and he had to become America's wrestling badass. Period. That's what had to happen. So still not Seth more Rollins than John ever, or uh, Roman Reigns though. John Moxley to me is is a step above or at least a step ahead of Roman uh, in my book. I agree, but I don't know you. You almost you've had me convinced sometimes when you say Roman is the best heel in the business and the best wrestler in the business today. Sometimes I believe that, sometimes I don't. But it's starting to get harder not to just the way they're playing out this Roman versus Brock Lesnar shit. And you did tell me to give it some time, and you did mark it in the calendar, and you said I'd start seeing the light. And I'm starting to, but I, mm, I don't know if 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 you give me a couple well, more weeks and see show, if I still feel the same after after fucking Crown Royal or whatever they're getting ready to do next Friday. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. Just in this show, I, I I just said that you know MJF is the greatest heel in the business, and I still mean that. I feel that way. Um, I felt that way months ago. I still feel that way. But what I mean, and, and you know what I mean, but I'm going to clarify for those idiots that are going to want to say some shit. Roman, this is the best version of Roman Reigns. And when it comes to being a heel, he's the best heel that WWE has put out in a very long time. I'm completely ready for him and Brock Lesnar. Now, I've told you a hundred times, you just got to give it time. And that's it's, that's what I mean. You got to give this thing a little bit of time because the payoff is going to be so good. And the payoff is going to be so good between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. I hope so. It, it's going to be so good. They're not even going to need a title. That That's, that's the, they have to have the title because yeah. this whole bloodline thing doesn't exist without all these titles, uh, which, uh, what does that sound like? Uh, the four horsemen? Hmm, I don't know. Everything repeats itself, folks. Everything. Yeah, that's wrestling for you. I really liked how they, they're yeah, playing Paul Heyman in this, too. Uh, Paul Heyman's role in this whole Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns thing is brilliant. Uh, whoever's doing the writing for that, maybe it's mostly Paul. Somebody knows what the fuck they're doing. Usually I watch WWE writing and it's cringy. But again, like you said, you got to see it through the eyes of a 10, 11-year-old boy. But this whole thing with Roman Reigns is very adult-rated, very adult-written. And I can get behind it. Uh, the fact that they had uh, Paul Heyman, you know, 
getting on there and telling Brock Lesnar this time he's going to get his ass kicked instead of it being the other way around where, you know, Heyman's telling the other person they're going to get their ass kicked by Brock Lesnar. Yeah, that he's going to plow through you. Yeah, Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant stuff, man. And when when that match comes around, there's going to be plenty of hype behind it. So it's going to be a big match when they finally ring the bell. Well, Brock Lesnar in this babyface run, um, this could be his best work yet. And if it is his best work, then I hope he decides to retire on top like this. Um, I never want to see heel Lesnar ever again. I'm very pleased with what I see, except for the the man bun. I could do without the man bun. <laughs> exactly. I I outside of that, I am starting to get pumped up for this match. I wasn't in the start, and I'm starting to now. It's just sometimes WWE does things that piss me off, but they're 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 convincing me. They're the story, you know, the other thing about we were talking about long storylines, this whole thing with Brock Lesnar and the fact that Roman Reigns has been the champion this long and all this shit that's going down, you got to think that that the end game was eventually that he and Brock Lesnar were going to cross paths again. I think WWE said we're going to let Roman run with this title as long as we fucking can until we can get Brock back, and 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 I think that was always the end game was for Lesnar face versus Roman heel. And then we're going to literally put Roman on this huge heel run to eventually get to Brock Lesnar. I, I think that's brilliant. I'm glad to see WWE can still do things in, in the long game. And uh, even though I was getting irritated with his, his title run there for a little while, especially against Kevin Owens, I'm glad that I, I was patient with it enough to see that the end game was getting to Brock Lesnar, even though still can't fucking enjoy Roman's wrestling. It's still, ugh, I don't know. Anyways, I digress. I'm glad that WWE finally listened to its fans because uh, a year ago, year and a half ago, they were changing titles um, like like underwear. I mean, it was every every month they were changing titles. They were using a new champion. We've seen a long heel ro- or we've seen a long title run with Roman Reigns. I'm happy to see that. I'm also happy to see that you stuck around for almost an hour to listen to us babble about the Turnbuckle Report. Whether you heal, whether you're babyface, you do you, baby. This has been a Dogcast production.